Jeff here. Thanks for listening. Go to playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag or click the link in the show notes for the show's archives, ways to connect, ways to support the show, information about happy hour, and more. the child care barn girl podcast the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast i'm jeff johnson coming to you from upstairs studio in the snuggery along the gulf of mexico coming to you from the wilds of rigid australia where she's wearing gloves it's so cold nicole halton how you doing nicole hey i'm freezing did you have to do you have to shut down operations that inspired ec because of the cold no 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 Everything still goes ahead, but everything moves ahead, but everybody shivers while they're doing it. It's not the kind of cold that you used to tell me about in Iowa, but it's cold. Like it's just cold and unpleasant and I don't like it. That's not good. I, and, and winter's just starting for you, isn't it? It has literally just (laughs) begun. Um, And I think this morning it was zero degrees Celsius. I don't know what that equates to in your American temperature, but that's cold. It's yeah, cold here. I think I think that's freezing here, right? Is that freezing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that'd be thirty-two here. So yeah, yeah. well, there was there was like frost on the grass this morning. That's not so good. Definitely cold. That's and not we're good. not even like we're coastal, so it's yeah, we're not usually it's, that cold. It's not supposed to not supposed to be like that. Hey, we <laughs> got a topic we're going to get into based on an article you wrote. I got a question for you. I've been asking other co-hosts about this. Um, Got to get your take. So um, say that a, a meteor passes into Earth's atmosphere and reduces a bunch of ra- ra- radiation and mm-hmm. we are all transformed and start growing body mushrooms. So yeah. you but but you get to choose where on your body your mushrooms grow. And one of the things about the mushrooms is at least once a week, you have to consume some of your own body mushrooms or you'll, you'll die. And this is just the way humans are now, but you get to choose, you get to choose the look of your mushrooms and, and where they grow in your body. Where, where do you decide your mushrooms are going to grow? First of all, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Why? I don't understand. Okay. No, so if I'm choosing the look, there's, you know, the really like the magical looking little mushrooms, they're red with the little white dots on them. And you think that they look pretend and they're just in fairy tales. We actually found them in like where where the Smurfs live. Yes, it looks very much like that. But we come across those in real life and that was very exciting and they were tiny and cute. So I would probably choose those sorts of mushrooms because they less they looked less fungusy, gross mm-hmm. sort of mushroom. Um, so I'd choose those. As for where they would grow, I don't know because if you're going to have to eat them, it's like, I don't know. Like, I mean, you could hide them if you're on your feet, but 
you can sure well uh uh Kristen Kristen thought she would have hers grow between her toes um yeah I thought that was that was horrible uh Carol chose on the back of her neck because then her hair would cover them up that's a good Um, idea actually I was thinking shoulders and that's probably mm -hmm. similar reason yeah, Brett, Brett went with her like her forearm just so they'd be easily accessible. Um, and well, and I went true. with I with eyebrows because uh, <laughs> I wanted I, I want big bushy old guy eyebrows, and I thought that I haven't been able to grow them out, but I thought this little mushrooms I'd just be able to pick them and eat them. Um, so random and revolting. And why? Where where did that even come from? Was that uh, from like a weird dream or? Yeah, I just got a lot of time on my hands. Um, so where are you, where are you going? You're going back of the neck, like Carol, you going someplace else. Yeah. I think I'd probably go somewhere like that. So you could hide. Them. Sure. But, but see, the thing is, everybody's got them. So no, if you've no, got them hit in the back of your neck, then everybody's walking around just wondering, Hey, where are her mushrooms hid? <laughs> so they're, 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 I mean, they're thinking about your mushrooms making, no matter they're what. They're making wild thoughts. About yeah. They're, they're making, they're making wild judgments about your mushrooms. <laughs> Um, even if you do put them there. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm out there and proud, proud of my mushroom. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. I can, I can understand that. Yeah. Mm, so so far. No, yeah. I've got nothing. Yeah. So far the listeners haven't, haven't really been too enthused about sharing where they would keep their mushrooms or where they, where they would have their mushrooms grow either listeners. You can reach out at 228 three seven and tell me where you'd have your mushrooms growing um so oh i gotta tease one other thing hey listeners child care bar and grill happy hour the fourth tuesday of every month at 7 30 p.m central time usa which would be the fourth wednesday of every month at 10 30 a.m east coast australian time uh for most of the year if you want to join me we're doing a child care bar and girl happy hour on zoom there's a link in the show notes if you want to register you register you show up uh we record an episode of the podcast drinks are you know cocktails are suggested but not mandatory you can drink coffee or tea or soda yeah, yeah, yeah. You get BYO. It's not, you know, if you sign up, I'm not sending you drinks. Um, which would, you I mean, just get this little kit in the mail. It's yeah. Like a little oh, I, I think that would be that. That sounds like a great idea. I'm just too too lazy to happen. to do that. So that's not going to happen. But uh, uh, we can dream anyway. If you're if you're looking to hang out and talk early learning on the Zoom with other. Uh, I, I assume whack jobs if they listen to this show. Um, wow! No, I don't. I don't. I don't mean that. I mean our. I mean, I mean, I mean our lovely, our lovely, our lovely sweet listeners. That's what I meant. Um. Yeah. So, so there's that. Love to have you join us. Um. So you you posted a a blog post on the uh, the inspired EC blog about uh, rest time or restoration time. What's that all about? Yes. So. Well, I went to a like a business lunch thing last week and there was a guest speaker who was speaking about gardening and I got all enthused to come home and start gardening and I was reminded of how like restorative gardening can be and it's one of those kind of simple things that you just get out and just kind of do and you need to focus but you don't need to focus a lot and it requires that sort of sense of like no one's hyped up while they're gardening like you've you can't while you're gardening you got your hands in the dirt and you're thinking about where you're putting your seeds or pulling out weeds or whatever and it got me thinking about um that kind of concept of rest time 
in early childhood services, particularly with your older children, but not just older children, but how for a lot of services, they're still pushing that narrative of it's time to lay down and have a rest and that's how you rest. And I think as adults, we know that's actually not the only way to rest. And I think we can kind of shift that narrative a little bit from rest to restoration. Like what are we actually wanting for the children is it that we want them to lay down and sleep and do I want to spend half an hour going, shh, 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 get back on your bed? Or do I want them to just calm their body so they're energised to go again? Who, who doesn't want a good nap? I mean... Oh, look, I do want a good nap. I love a good nap. Um, especially like on a weekend, just a half an hour, 40-minute nap, great. But you know who doesn't want a nap? A lot of people, a lot. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And and we can't, we can't impose, I mean, that, that battle to make that kid that doesn't want to sleep, go to sleep is, is is just an ongoing thing. And it, it it becomes a power struggle. It hurts Mm -hmm. the relationship. Um, When I first started in early childhood, so, you know, I was very young and, very much being led by what was happening in the service I was in. And so when I started, it was after lunch, everyone had, you know, pack up their lunch boxes, they'd make their beds, they all had these little stretcher beds. And this is in a preschool room. So you've got children who are kind of three to five. They'd all make their beds. We'd turn off the lights, we'd shut the blinds, we'd put on this quiet, calm music. And then you'd spend like the next 45 minutes furiously trying to pat someone on the back to get them to go to sleep or even getting to the point where you're like trying to close your own eyes in the hope that they'll see that and go, yes, I'll close my eyes too. Or then you spend all that time going, Shh, stop touching him. I'm going to have to move your bed away. And, you know, like there's this whole, as you say, it's a power struggle. It becomes a real power struggle of I want you to go to sleep. Why do I want you to go to sleep? And I remember asking the question, I'd been there for a little bit at that time, maybe a month. And I asked the question of one of the educators, I said, why, why do we do this? Like, this seems stressful. Why do we do this? And she's like, oh, because this is our time to clean. Like, we need them to go to sleep so that we can clean and we can get the program done and, you know, we can get all of these things done. I'm like, yeah, but it's kind of taking a lot of time to do that and it's becoming really combative. Like, as you say, it hurts, hurts the relationship with the sure. children. I just think, it's not really doing what we're hoping to achieve. Is it restful for anyone? Probably not. Maybe once they go to sleep, sure. But up until then, it's not very restful. Yeah, I've, I've been doing a, a review of uh, a program handbooks. And one thing I've noticed in looking at at, uh, at schedules is there are programs that, that have two plus hours every day oh. as, as rest time. And if, if you don't need to sleep and I mean, some kids just don't or, or won't yeah. um, fighting with them. Isn't going to do anybody any, any good, except, except I guess when you do, you do bore them into sleep or whatever you do to get them to go to sleep, maybe you, you feel a little bit of victory. Um, but beyond that, there's, there's not, it's not a really a win-win situation. So what, what else could we be doing? Um, gar- gar- so gardening, garden, we're, we're going to get them all, we're going to get them all out. Everyone's garden. getting out in the garden. No, we used to do a lot of that. So once, once we kind of made the shift and went, you know what, 
there's no need for this. Like, mm-hmm. yes, there are some children who still want to have a sleep and we will provide for that. We'll, pro- you know, provide a space for that. We'll dim the lights, you know, we'll do all the things that need to be done for those children who want or need a sleep. And there were some who definitely wanted or needed, but for the most part, they didn't. And so gardening became a big one. And, you know, and it wasn't even just let's go pull out weeds, but it was, you know, the planning of our garden and, you know, what are we going to plant and learning about different things we could harvest. And, you know, there was a whole kind of project to that. But it was focused. It wasn't let's just go back outside and run wild, which, I mean, we love running wild, but, you know, we still kind of calmed it down for that period of time. But then there's also other things like, you know, we've I, over the years I've done yoga with children. I actually went and did a children's yoga instructor course um, many years ago. And we've done yoga, we've done meditation, we've done, you know, storytelling with little props, um, we've done like things that are a bit more intricate, like beading and wire work, you know, like actually getting out some wire and beads and stuff and kind of sitting down and doing something a little bit more focused. Um, and, but, you know, children have got to have choices too. Like it's not just one in all in. Um, we still made provision for children to make decisions about what they did but they were things that were designed that were going to have the same effect you could even say art could have that same effect you know like for some people I find painting really relaxing I find you know sitting and drawing really relaxing or going for a walk or you know whatever but I think we need to shift that expectation of you know children have to lay down to have to be resting but what does rest really look like why not run wild (laughs) why not run wild okay so my thing is sometimes your body does need that time you know it needs that time to kind of take a breath particularly if your day has been pretty full on we used to spend a lot of our time outside anyway um so for some children they can run wild all day (laughs) I've I've had children who can run wild all day and they've got that energy and what about then there's others that you see them flake and when they do it's like you can see that grumpiness and you know you start to have more fights between children and like there's kind of a bit of unrest and so we found you know when we had our preschool room we found that having that time for restoration was good because the children who needed to sleep could do that and everybody else was a bit quieter and calmer which facilitated those children having that sleep if everyone else is loud and you know playing music and building with blocks and whatever and you've got someone off in the corner trying to have a nap that's really difficult um so it kind of facilitated that um it was also a time for like just slowing down and you know like the laying out in the grass and watching the clouds or you know whatever but teaching children to slow down and to listen to their bodies a little bit as well yeah I I I I totally get that I I would just I I I think I would open it I mean Jeff and his magical ideal program that that kid who needed to be moving all the time because that's either their temperament or they they get tired they fall asleep at uh at 5:15 after being picked up on their way on their ride home i would look for a way for them to be for be to to do the the wild stuff that they needed to be doing in in any 
in any way possible. And and look, Jeff's fantasy program and the real life programs people are dealing with, with staffing issues and space issues and noise issues. I know that's not always possible, um, but but ideally, you know, if I was building a program from the ground up, I would build a, a napping room. Well, and, we actually did and- something like that. We, for a period of time, we turned, so our service was two two rooms. So there was a toddler room and a preschool room and then a big combined outdoor space, a veranda, you know, those kinds of things. We actually changed it so that it wasn't a preschool and a toddler room because we family grouped for such a large part of the day Mm -hmm. anyway. We made it a kind of quiet, calm room, uh, which we called because we were on the lake and, you know, near the beach and whatever that fit for us it was the cove so the cove was the place where you could go and you could have a nap at any time that you needed to there were always beds set up you could get your sheets out and you could go and lay and have a nap there was um, a dining space set up in there so if you needed to have morning tea or lunch you could do that at any time Um, there were things that were a little bit more conducive to that quieter restoration stuff so there was like your beading and puzzles and drawing and books and you know like just things that kind of brought down the tone a little bit then the other room which was the harbour was the busy space and so that was the place you could be noisy there were blocks there was dress-ups there was you know music there was all the projecty kind of things um that were happening and then there was the outdoor space oh and there was an art studio as well and so children had the choice to go between all of those spaces all of mm-hmm. the day um now there were challenges with that it was tricky you know as you say in terms of your ideal place (laughs) it's ideal yeah easy but in the real world when you do have staff shortages and whatever it could be tricky um but you just needed everybody to be on board with it and I think it made such a difference because the children who needed certain things at certain times got what they needed and the other children didn't have to kind of conform to that it wasn't well we all need to have lunch and we all need to have a rest and we all need to do this type of play it was you get the type of play that you need when you need it yeah I, I mean not not everybody is tired at the same time and right. being, being able to being able to structure your program so the kids who need that restoration time can have it when they mm-hmm. need it is yeah. is ideal um and, and look i think it's something that's maybe a little bit easier in family settings back in back in my family childcare days we had a, a little one who who her her dad worked a weird shift and and was either was often coming home from work at 11 or 12 at night and she would she would struggle to stay up because she wanted daddy time Mm-hmm. And and then she'd show up at our place and eat breakfast and then and basically crawl into a cardboard box and fall asleep for a couple <laughs> hours in the morning. And, and so she kind of had a had a napping box. It was this big old old uh, I think it was an old printer box that she she'd take her 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 lovey, her blanket and crawl in there and and zonk out and then she'd wake up and and go on with her day. And so so with kids like that, you know, we could have tried to to keep her awake and 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 that would have been a battle and made everybody miserable. And yeah. and so being able to go with that flow um and 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 then you you it it becomes less torturous for everybody involved. I think the thing is there's there's steps. So 
for the service who's currently everybody has rest time at the same time and they all need to go and lay on a bed and whatever, then I think moving to something like that restoration, mm-hmm. like, you know, doing yoga or gardening or, you know, something a little bit quieter and calmer at that time is a good next step. But then I think the next step up from that is people get what they need when they need it. And we've got that free flowing progressive kind of routine and environment and that's a much harder step I think for a lot of people to get to not just because of staffing but a mind it's a big mindset shift you know yeah. and it's a big it's a big relinquish of power which you know like so many educators still like to hang on to power parents do too like you like to hang on to that that control and that you know I will say when this happens when you step back and you go actually no they'll get that when they need that there's I think some people feel like oh well I'm not doing enough if I'm not sitting and patting a child off to sleep you know for 45 minutes Mm -hmm. I'm not doing my job and I think that's the it's like a mental shift for people to get past yeah yeah and then and then there's a there's a lot of logistics as far as uh space use and those kind of things to to be being more flexible with it but but it is a it is a way to go and I, I think the the more I mean, there's all kinds of quiet stuff um, kids can do, whether Absolutely. it's building with the Legos. I, I what a lot of programs that from the handbooks I've been looking at, they're they they're, they're polish or something along. It, the kids that don't want to rest can look at books. Um, and and I, I mean, options. look, that's that's better than forcing them onto a cot for two hours. Yeah. Uh, but but I would I would look for ways to open it up and and allow other other activities beyond that it's when almost, when at all possible. But it's almost like, well, oh, they're not sleeping, but we don't want them to be doing anything to be too stimulated. But then I think, mm-hmm. well, you've actually that's a really great opportunity for smaller group engagement and connection and like you can actually sit and build lego with them or you know like i think there's opportunities that are missed at those times because we're like no no everybody needs to lay on a bed then i think people are missing opportunities for real connection and for children to really you know some children will i don't know they just play differently when it's a smaller group of children half the kids are asleep and all of a sudden it's like oh okay, I can do this now. Or, you know, like, I think there's a lot of opportunity missed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I loved those times back in the family childcare days, Tasha would usually uh, uh, take care of the nappers. And then, especially during the summer when we had school ages around the kids that, yeah. that weren't resting, we would, we'd spend the afternoon that, that downtime drawing or, or playing Uno or, or getting yes. up to some other just goofy stuff. And it was, it was, was delightful and joining. I like, yeah, I like to do that with the preschoolers too, was play board sure. games and stuff. Board yeah. games and card games, that's a great time to do that. It's still yeah. calm. It's not, you know, like, I don't know. I think we need, I it, I just think it's about shifting the expectation of what we're hoping to achieve with having a rest time. <laughs> yeah, I my, my, my nap got interrupted today, uh, Nicole. Oh. It was, it was, it was tragic. I, I tried to get in my, my, my daily nap for, for about, three three weeks i had this weird sweet sleep schedule i was going to bed at about 11 and then sleeping for two and a half or three hours and then getting up and working for a while and going for a run and then taking a nap for another two or three hours in the afternoon but now it's back to a little bit more normal my my normal four or five hours of sleep and then my my half hour or hour nap 
um, with this afternoon, this thunderstorm was moving through and, and, oh. and look, I, I got to, I got to nap with Tasha. And so it's like a, it's a co-ed oh. nap and it's all nice. And, nice. Yeah. Until 110 pounds, a dog jumped up on us and, and j- left <laughs> over Tasha to get to me to, to snuggle with me and, and shake and shiver because he was scared of the, uh, oh. of the thunder. And, and so, so not to interrupt her nap, him and I, him and I left and, and listen to the thunder and it was yeah it was very sad and i'm i'm very angry i didn't get my my restoration time so if you're a little uh, grumpier now yeah yeah if i'm grumpier than normal (laughs) on this episode that's that's exactly what's going on um so what kind of what kind of response have you had from parents about about the the Uh alternatives to forcing them to sleep (laughs) a large I, I think most parents fall into one of two camps. There's the ones who say my child needs to sleep and you need to make sure they sleep. And then you go, oh gosh, how am I going to get this child to sleep? Um, and then, you know, and they can also be the ones who go, well, they need to sleep at this time and for this long and don't let them sleep past that time. It's like, well, I'm not going to go and shake them awake. If they're asleep, they're asleep. Like, um, but then you get the other parents who are like, please don't let my child sleep. If they sleep, it will be a disaster tonight. We won't be in bed until, you know, after midnight because they've been asleep at, you know, childcare. So I think you get parents that fall into one of those two camps. I think most families like to know that there's options for their child, you know, mm-hmm. that it's not just one thing that's going to happen. Um, I know even when my youngest started at um, preschool or at the service that I was at, um, so she was two when she started. And so in the toddler room, most people were sleeping. She hadn't slept during the day since she was about 15 months old. And <laughs> I was like, it's not going to happen. Like, she's not going to sleep during the day. Don't push it because you're just going to upset her. Because if she felt like someone was trying to make her sleep, oh, there'd sure. be hell to pay. And so it's like, well, why would you want to do that? You know, you don't want to upset her, find her something else that she can do. And then she will sleep tonight. If she does have a sleep, if she falls asleep, and I always used to say that, if she's tired and she wants to go and lay down and she falls asleep, I'm fine with that. But please don't make her sleep because if you do, we will be up till midnight. It's like she doesn't sleep during the day and all of a sudden, you know, if she does, it's like, oh, no, that's not good. Um, So, yeah, it's just knowing individual children. I think parents typically know their children best. And so if they tell us, hey, my child's staying awake all night, because they're sleeping during the day, then finding options for that child is pretty important. But also being able to sort of have that conversation with families around, well, sometimes your child will fall asleep because they're tired. Like they've just fallen asleep in their lunch. I'm not going to say, hey, don't fall asleep. They're they're sleeping all day because you let them stay up all all night. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard battle. Um, Yeah. I mean, our son, he was, he was, oh man, he was a mas- master napper when he was little, but the, the girl, she was just always a battle. And and I, I remember being in these heated battles with her before I knew better, this, mm. this battle of wills that yeah, I, I'm going sleep. to, I'm going to will you to sleep so I can <laughs> feel victorious. And, and it took me a long time to, to grow out of that, but yeah. life was better when I did I mean for everybody involved I can remember that too particularly like with all of my kids but they would the oldest two were pretty good 
you know, sleep is day and night. The youngest was terrible day and night, so it <laughs> didn't matter. But I, when she was really little, she would only fall asleep if I'd just fed her. And so I felt like she was attached to me pretty much all day <laughs> because otherwise there was no chance she would ever sleep. And because she'd fall asleep and she'd, she'd sleep for about 20 minutes and then she'd wake up again and I'd think, oh my gosh, here we are again. But once I kind of, once she was a little bit older and, you know, you kind of know, actually, no, she doesn't need it as much. And it was becoming that battle of wills. And it's like, all right, cool. I need to just relinquish that a little bit. Go, you know what? I don't need to win. Like I find that really hard. Sometimes I am competitive. So it's like (laughs) saying to yourself, no, I don't need to win this battle. And, you know, and that's what I think when I look at, and I, I visit a lot of services and, you know, I was at a service recently and they literally moved around this room just patting children on the back vigorously until they fell asleep. And I thought, I think some of those children just give up and fall asleep so that you'll stop patting them. <laughs> like I really do. I think they're just like, oh my gosh, please stop. I'll just go to sleep. I'll just, go, I'll just go to sleep. She'll <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, I think it's interesting. We've had like a lot of response um, to the blog post you know, and a lot of people kind of tagging people that they work with and say, oh, maybe we need to try this with our preschool group and maybe we need to try this with this group. And I'm like, well, that's good. You know, it's good that people are talking about trying options. And as you say, in the ideal world, then you wouldn't even need that because you'd have that freedom and flexibility throughout the day But and that response to individual needs. But in the world that we're in, I think any kind of step away from we all must do this at the same time is a good step. Yeah, just just any and and, and any little step towards experimentation around how you yeah. how you do rest time is is probably a step in the right direction. You, you'd see what works in the space that you have with the kids you have, and that that might change in six months when they when they get a little bit older or 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 you rotate into a different group of kids or whatever it is. But but being willing to do do that exploration and experimentation about your practice is probably the, the uh, with, with naps and everything else is probably the best thing you can do as a, as a professional in this field. It. It's, it's, you know, getting rid of that idea of doing what we've always done, you know, because that's the way we've always done it. It's like, and I think sometimes having the, the guts in a way to question it and to say, why do we do this? You yeah. know, like what, why do we do it like this? Who does it serve? What's the purpose? And is there a better way or a way that's going to be more enjoyable for everybody? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just doing it because that's the way it's always been done is, is not necessarily the best idea. Yes. Any, any final thoughts on this one before we wrap it up? No. Hey, you need more Nicole <laughs> in your life. Go to inspiredec.com. Um, and there she'll be and all the great stuff that they are doing. This, this here has been the Child Care Bar and Grill podcast, the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast. Back soon. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.